Oh, let's worship him together. Wherever you are, let's lift up your voice. Let's lift up your hands. Hallelujah. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. Hallelujah. We will not be silenced. We will let our praises go forth. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. It's so good to be able to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Wherever we're at, our homes, here, in the car. Amen. God is everywhere. Amen. I think God is really showing us um, who he is. Uh, we talk about God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. And I think now maybe we're starting to realize that uh, as the church is having church in their homes, feeling the presence of God. He's not confined to these buildings right here, but God is everywhere. Amen. And we are worshiping him together in spirit and in truth. Amen. All he needs is two or three. Amen. Amen. So good to uh, feel the presence of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Um, we know that God uh, has a plan and a purpose, and the church will not be stopped. We will continue on, amen, any way that we can. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, I want to say thank you for um, everyone that is involved here and uh, throughout the week that is continuing the church operations going on for those that are continuing with the bread and, and, and everything else. Thank you for that. Um, Panera hasn't closed yet, uh, so we're still gathering bread. And last time I went to the grocery store, there wasn't any bread on the shelves. So it's a good time for us to continue to shine, even brighter than before. Amen. So thank you to all those that are helping. Amen. Um, we can give online uh, on our website. You can also text to give uh, if you want to give uh, by a simple text. Just text your amount to 239-734-7353. Amen. You can mail in, mail in your offerings or you can drop by the church and drop them there. Um, so we are continuing on forward, moving forward. I want to thank you for your prayers for uh, Lexi Moramano. She made it home safely last night from Ghana. Amen. Thank God for that. And that uh, she is home. Um, we are excited to see everyone whenever we can. Amen, and we're going to get through this together. Amen, as we go to the word of the Lord today, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, the word of the Lord says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen, aren't you thankful the word of God says everything is going to work together for the good. Sometimes we can't see uh, we don't know how it may work out, but we're going to stand upon the word of God, and it says it's going to work out good. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, His Purpose for This Pandemic. His Purpose for This Pandemic. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Things, things are not always as they seem. What is visible on the surface doesn't always tell us what is going on underneath and behind the scenes. And there is no doubt that our five senses see chaos and disorder and they're sending the electrical impulses to our brain and trying to figure this out and trying to process and make sense of what we are witnessing. And 
We no doubt we make assumptions and judgments based on what we know, based on what we see, we gather with our eyes. And the question we should be asking ourselves is, do I have all the information? Or am I just making this judgment call solely based on what I see and what I hear? And this obviously applies to the here and now, but it really should be a good life principle that uh, let's not make uh, assumptions and judgments before we find out all the facts of what is going on. Because a lot of times we make these assumptions and judgments and decisions based on limited knowledge, based on uh, what little we know. And come to find out later, um, as Paul Harvey would put it, we find out the rest of the story. And then sometimes we kind of look like the, the foolish one uh, based on our reaction to the limited knowledge that we know. And we find out the reason behind it. We, we learn the purpose of it and we discover what the details are beneath the surface. And then it all begins to make sense in our minds. Now we can finally see the whole picture, and, and now we uh, understand, and, and I realize now why they did what they did, and, or, or why that happened now that it has passed and we have all the details. You see, knowing the purpose of something brings clarity, it brings peace, it brings understanding and revelation, but when we don't know the purpose... Uh, there is fear, there is doubt, there is worry, there is confusion, there is uncertainty. Uh, just tell me the reason behind it and I can make grips with what I see and what I feel. And I can handle the details if I know what the purpose of this is. And I'll be able to endure the chaos if I know what it's for. If a boy is caught stealing food from a grocery store... Uh, we would become irate with his parents at the situation. What's why is this happening? How could he do such a thing and and break a law? And uh, boy, you're breaking the law, don't you know? But if you were to find out that he had no food at his home, and his brothers and sisters were starving, now you would know the purpose of his thieving. And it brings more clarity to this situation and your anger would subside and your heart would begin to go out in compassion to this boy and his family. And you might actually end up buying groceries for this little thief because you finally found out what the purpose of his actions were. And, and if we know the purpose of it all, then we can have at least a little bit more peace than we currently are having right now. Bible tells us of a story when Jesus got into a boat with his disciples. Jesus was worn out from all the ministry, uh, constantly ministering to the masses. And so he gets in the same boat with his disciples. And uh, the Bible says he is in the back of the boat. He is asleep. He's, he's knocked out. He's wiped out. A long, hard day of work. Finally gets some rest and some peace. Getting rocked to sleep with the waves. And meanwhile, as Jesus is asleep, uh, the storm, a storm begins to brew on the sea. And soon enough, the waves are beating against the boat. 
And the disciples of Jesus are screaming out, they're crying out for their lives that we're all going to die, we're not going to make it. And uh, there is chaos in this little double wide canoe that they're trying to figure out how to keep all the water out, wondering what in the world is happening. And there is Jesus, asleep through it all, asleep in the back of the boat, how, how can Jesus be sleeping in the midst of a storm? I'll tell you why. Because he knows the purpose of the storm. He knows why this is happening. He knows what is going on. And since he knows its purpose, he has clarity. Jesus has peace and he has comfort. And he can sleep through the middle of the storm because he knows why it is happening. And, and, and wow, even uh, finally Jesus awakens and he rebukes the wind and the waves. And the disciples are marveled at this when they see that even nature itself submits to the voice of this man called Jesus. Even the winds and the waves obey him. And three minutes ago, they were uh, fanatical. They were going frantic. They were crazy. And, and now they're kind of having, they're seeing with their eyes. I don't know if they understand it all yet, but uh, they, they're having the purpose being revealed to them, whether they realize it or not. But their faith has been strengthened a little bit more, and their understanding has been increased. And now they know that if I'm in a storm, and if I have Jesus with me, I know now that I'll be able to make it. I know now that I will get through it. I know now that I will see to the other side because I don't have to worry now about the winds and the waves and the water because I've got Jesus with me. And as long as I have Jesus with me, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. I've got him in my boat, the one who created this very world into existence. He spoke it into existence, and I have him in my boat so I can make it through this storm. And even no matter what storm we face in our lives, he still has the power to speak to my storm. Because there is peace in knowing who Jesus Christ is. There is peace in being with Jesus in our life. And there is peace in knowing that what his purpose is for my life and what purpose this storm may be in our situation, there is peace if we know that Jesus is with us. Romans 8.28, our text says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. And there is that word again, purpose. All things work for good for His purpose. Not for our purpose, but for God's purpose. Sometimes we go through things and it's God just showing us that our purpose is way off base. And our, 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 our will, our plan, our desire, our thinking is off course. But if it's according to his purpose, the Bible says it's all going to work out for the good. And so if we know his purpose, then we can have some kind of peace in the midst of our storm. We will know that everything will work together for the good. And so it doesn't matter how bad it may look on the situation, on the surface. 
God's purpose is at work behind the scenes. And His purpose will always lead us to the good. And so we need to follow and find uh, His purpose. And so that sounds great, Pastor. Um, That sounds wonderful. But what about now? With the world going crazy and everything shutting down and, and everything coming to a halt, our life coming to a screeching halt, what about now? What is the purpose behind all of this? Because if I know the purpose for the church doors being closed and for me being quarantined inside my home, then maybe, just maybe, I can breathe a sigh of relief and endure this storm and and make it uh, through this day. Well, I'm going to tell you what I believe the purpose is behind this uh, pandemic solely in its relation to the church. Now, there may be other purposes out there, uh, a broader spectrum, a broader Uh, scheme of things, whether political or power gains, or I don't know other purposes, but what I feel uh, the purpose is for this regarding solely the church is I believe that this is to awaken the church inside of us, to awaken the church inside of us and inside of our homes. And let me say that again. What I believe the purpose behind the shutting down of our church building is and all across America is to awaken the church in America, to awaken it inside of us, inside of me and inside of you, and to turn our homes into churches. I have said it many times before from behind this very pulpit, how the church is not a physical building. It is not a physical building. Its parameters do not end at these four corners of these walls. And no, we are the church of the living God. We make it up. We are the members of the body of Christ. While these doors might be closed, I'm here to tell you the church doors are still open because the church is inside of us. The church is now inside of our homes. And we can open up our doors to our neighbors and we can have church in our homes because God is still moving. He is still speaking to us. His spirit is still active in this world. It is active in those who have obeyed scripture and who have repented of their sins and found an altar maybe in their rooms, in their closets, and just got on their knees and cried out to God for forgiveness of all the bad things we have done in our lives. And and those who have followed and obeyed the scriptures and being baptized in Jesus' name, if you haven't done that, you need to let somebody know that you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, and we can make that happen. Those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Spirit of Almighty God, and and with a sign of speaking in other tongues, that's when the Spirit begins to speak and, and utter in our lives, when we hear that language, that heavenly language. And so if you haven't experienced that yet, you can experience that today in your room, in your, in your home. All you got to do is to cry out to Jesus and begin to seek him with all of your heart, and you will feel him come into your home. Because we are the church. This building is not the church. We are the church, and we have the power inside of us 
given to us through the Holy Ghost. And so don't feel bad for us here because where the Bible says where two or three are gathered, Jesus is here in the midst. And so let me tell you, Jesus is here right now, and we're, been, we're having church already. And I'm a, we're not worried about you because Jesus is there with you in your room, in your house too, and you can be having church as well in your family room, in your living room, and you are having church. And so all Jesus needs is for a few believers to gather together and his spirit will start to move in that midst, wherever you are. And don't like the government, act like the government can shut Jesus down because we're going to keep him open in our life, keep him open in our hearts and in our homes. The church body is going to have to learn to get a hold of Jesus in our homes like never before. Those that depended on Sunday services to get your breakthrough, you're going to have to figure something else out because uh, we're not having that right now. Those that needed to pray through uh, with a congregation of over 100 people, you're going to have to find out how to get a hold of Jesus for your own self and your own homes and your own prayer closets because it's not happening right now. And maybe that's a purpose behind this as well for us to figure out how to get a hold of Jesus for ourselves individually because it's not happened corporately like we're used to. And Jesus is shaking up the church to get a hold of so that we can find where Jesus is. Those powerful prayer meetings that we've enjoyed in this building are not going to be happening temporarily. That doesn't mean prayer is shut down. That means that we just keep on praying. And now that corporate prayer meeting is now our spouses and our families where we gather together and we start praying together as a family. That's now what corporate prayer looks like. And we need to keep on praying together as a church, as a family, and as a body of Christ. And so we have to believe that this is not the end, but this is just the beginning because we are going to come out of this closer than to Jesus than ever before because now we got to seek him out. Now we have to find him for ourselves and it's easy to find him in the church setting but now we got to find him when we're all alone and those that have already carved out a prayer life and a walk with Jesus, uh, things aren't really going to change for us. This is just the way things have always been and continue on but those that are dependent upon a Sunday service to find God um, you are going to have to find him for yourself. Either, either we're going to come out of this more carnal or more spiritual. Those are the two options. Because if we're not getting a hold of Jesus in our homes, then we, there's no church to get to, to get to to get a hold of him. And so either we're coming out better and stronger and, and more uh, spiritual than before, or we're coming out of this more backslid than ever and more carnal. And so I encourage implore each and every one of us to start uh, seeking out Jesus in our homes as we should already have been doing. And so the government is basically recommending uh, that we lock ourselves up in our homes. Um, well, let me tell you, that's going to be a, a dangerous thing for the church because you, you're telling me that you want me to stay home and spend time with Jesus. That's what you want me to do. That's, uh, that's a dangerous recipe for the church, for those that are filled with his spirit. 
uh, the more we get closer to God, the greater things are going to happen. And so if we do that and, and if we take this time of social distancing and, and draw closer to Jesus, once we come out of this, we're going to be on fire like never before because we've been locked up with Jesus Christ. And, 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 and we're going to be uh, ready to lay hands on people once this passes and people are, are, are willing for people to touch each other again. We're going to be ready to pray for people to get all this Holy Ghost out of us because we've been locked up with Jesus for, for weeks and, and, and days and hopefully days, not weeks and months. But uh, it doesn't matter. It's all good if we got Jesus right. Amen. In just one week, we have gone from this. We have gone from church here in Fort Myers looking like this. One church, one location. Now now this is what the church looks like. We have over 60 churches now in southwest Florida. Believe that? Over 60 churches, 60 locations. From one church to 60 churches. That sounds like revival to me. That sounds like God is doing something to stirring up the church and getting us to think outside this church box. Now we have churches on every corner. And so revive us, God. Awaken up. Awaken us, church. Awaken the church inside of me. Awaken the church inside of our homes. Because for now, for the time being, this is what church is going to look like. That we have many churches in every city now. And so everyone say with me, I am the church. My home is now a church. And so now a a river is now stirring up inside of us. It's been inside of us, but I feel like maybe we've kind of been letting the waters out here inside this building. But now God is saying, how? Nay, now let's let the waters go outside in our neighborhoods and flow out from our homes and flow out into our streets. And I've got to open the doors of my home now, of my heart now, and let what God is pouring out into somebody else's life because we can't release it in a box like this. So now our church is inside of our homes and we have churches all over southwest Florida. Musicians, if you would come. After the church has begun with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, they were having revival. They were having great services. People were being added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Things were going great. I mean, they 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 never knew what to expect, and God just kept filling people with the Holy Ghost and baptizing people, and the church just started growing and multiplying, and they uh, were continuing in the apostles' doctrine, and they were breaking bread and prayers, and they were going house to house because the early church did not have their own building like we have in America today and in this world. Uh, they did not have this kind of structure and set up but they what they had was their homes and where they met was in their homes but the church started to get unaligned unaligned and and started swaying straying from God's purpose Jesus told them that the church would start in Jerusalem but he did not say that's where it would end up he said it would spread, start in Jerusalem and spread to the uttermost parts of the earth. And he told his disciples to go and to preach the gospel to every creature. 
and all nations all across the world. But after some time, Jerusalem kept having great church services. They were doing, having great moves of God, great outpourings of the Holy Ghost. But Scripture tells us that revival never really left Jerusalem. That it kind of just stayed within the four walls of Jerusalem. But God's purpose was to reach the, reach the world. And so the Bible tells us that persecution came to Jerusalem, came to the church in Jerusalem. And, and because of the persecution, what then happened, the Bible says, the church began to spread. It began to go outside of the four walls of the city. The church got outside of its box and began reaching into other communities and other cities and began to spread to the uttermost part of the world. And it could be, church, that God is using this pandemic to awaken the church to get us outside of this box right here and to get us being the church in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. Because there is no power inside of these walls. There is no power in these empty seats. But let me tell you where the power is. The power is inside of you. It's inside of me. The power, the Holy Ghost power is now inside our homes and is now sent to the four corners of this area of southwest Florida. And so these walls have not been healed. But let me tell you, I have been healed. These walls haven't been delivered from sin and addiction, but, but we have been delivered. Why? Because we are the church. The church is still alive and the church is still active because the power is inside of you. It's inside of me. And so we are called to be the church wherever we are, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at our work. Because we can't gather not right now in this place like we used to. We have to let the church continue. And that means our homes are now churches. Scripture tells us that those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb have been made kings and priests. So if you've been born again, if you've been filled with the Spirit of Almighty God, then the Bible says that you are a priest. You are a king and you are a priest. You are a minister of God. You have the power to pray for people. You have the power to lay hands on somebody and proclaim, be healed in Jesus' name. You have that power. And now we can't wait till Sunday to do that. Now we can't wait to, to bring the 
to bring the people to church and to have the pastor lay their hands upon them. Now we can't do that right now, but let me tell you, you are a minister of the Almighty God. You are a priest. You can lay that your hands upon them. You can pray for them just like I have been praying for them. You do the praying. You get your bottle of oil and you start praying and you start pleading the blood in your homes, in your neighborhoods. Why? Because you are the church. The church, we have over 60 churches now in southwest Florida. And so we need to get it out of our homes. And so maybe maybe we need to do a prayer walk down our street. Why? Because we're letting the rivers flow out of us. We're starting to, to allow the Spirit into our neighborhoods because a church just opened its doors next door to our neighbors. And so let's start praying for our, uh, our neighborhoods like greater than ever before. Let's start doing prayer walks and, and reaching out to our neighbors. Let's plead the blood over our, our neighborhoods and our neighbors. Why? Because you're the church. We're the church. My home is now a church. And so uh, if you believe that, as we begin to sing, let's worship together as a church. Let's believe, God, you're going to do great things through this time, through this pandemic, God. We want to follow your purpose, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's a name. There's power in the name. Come on, let's worship him. Let's lift and up darkness our hands. Let's cry out to Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a name that oh, is strong. We're all priests. There is we're all a ministers of the gospel. Let's get a hold there of him. There is a name that can set cry the captives free. Come on, if you need healing, lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus.
Oh, let's worship him one more time together. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your word, God. Lead us and guide us, God. We know all things are going to work together for the good, for your purpose, Jesus. Align our feet, align our minds with your purpose. Help us, Jesus, to be the church wherever we are, God, through your power and your presence. Amen. We will see your glory in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all for tuning in to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's go and be the church in our homes, in our neighborhoods. And we're going to see great things through this. The world's not going to shut the church. We're going to see revival one way or another. We're going to see it. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you back here on Thursday night.